Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to the Featured Anime Podcast. I'm your host, Jack. And I'm Rick. And today we are going to be talking about The Girl Who Leapt Through Time. This movie came out in 2006 and it's along the it's uh, genres are sci-fi, adventure, drama and romance. And it runs for roughly an hour and a half. So just over 90 minutes. Uh, And it follows Makoto and her last year of high school. You know, she's hanging out with her friends. She's, you know, oversleeping, arriving late to work, complaining about stuff and to school, not work. Yeah, she doesn't have a job. No, just to school. And her favorite pastime is playing baseball with her two friends. And even they point out it's not really baseball so much as it's just throwing a ball back and forth. Yeah. And sometimes hitting with a bat and chasing it. Yeah. So her f- first friend is Chiaki and uh, Kosuke is her other friend. And, and it really revolves around the three of them, but more so around Makoto. And what ends up happening in the beginning is, first of all, I, I want to say like right off the bat, the, the animation I feel in this show could have been better. I, I was not a fan of the animation. Yeah, I was going to say opening it up, you could tell it was, well, an older anime, but you were really expecting not 2006. You were you were expecting like late 90s. Uh, I would say early 80s, uh, but. OK, fine. I will. I'll concede, but I'll go to the point of it is pre Akira. Oh, yeah. And most most definitely. After Akira, things definitely did change. I feel for the better. But yeah, no, the, the animation definitely left something to be desired for. Uh, but the good news that I found is, that I personally think is, it didn't take away from the story. No. Um, one of the interesting things about this show is everyone doesn't have crazy hair. In fact, most of the students or almost everyone there have either a light brown or some variation of black or brown hair. There's no pinks, purples, blues, whatever, with the exception of one of the other main characters, Chiaki, who has like this blondish, like strawberry blonde, reddish type hair. Like it's not, it's the only unique hair throughout them all, which instantly clues you in that he's a pivotal or key character in this whole movie yeah but the fact that the other two main characters were so rather bland it makes it feel like there's something kind of special about him um but not the supernatural kind of special you know what i mean like um it doesn't make you go oh i need to focus on him is in reality he's a very minor character if you were to like do his screen time versus other people's. He's not, he's an important character, but he's not a focused character. If that makes any sense. Yeah, no, uh, most definitely he is 
not by any stretch of the word. Um, I would say, though, his his uh, unique personality and how he carries himself, it really kind of brings out the personality in the other two characters, I I feel. Yeah, it accents them. It, it, it gives you flavor, if you will. The other two would be kind of bland and blasé without him to emphasize the, not necessarily the difference, but just the, the contrast. Yeah. So, but, uh, so I'm going to really quick say the reason I, I don't like this movie as much as I could because I don't feel like it has a bookend. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm definitely there. there with you. Um, what the movie is really about is Makoto and and I feel like she is the main main character even though we kind of are focusing on uh Chiaki a little bit it's and the reason why it's really mainly about her is because in the very beginning she ends up falling on this object this item and it hits her in her arm which honestly if I hit something that looks like a walnut on my arm I would not be moving it around it would it would be in severe pain, but she gets up and walks around and she learns pretty quick, like pretty soon right after that, that she can, when she runs and leaps, which is how the movie got its name. You know, it's a girl who leaps through time is quite literally what she's doing, except she's not doing large chunks of time, hundreds or dozens of years. She's doing minutes, hours, days at one point time. It's weeks, but that was the last one. I think she did was like a week because it's beginning of summer kind of thing. Uh, but the way, the way you get kickstarted with this is she, she just has a really shitty day and it, it's kind of funny because it's supposedly a lucky day and her um, monologue or her inside her head talking about her day. She goes, you know, today would really be a lucky day and all this bad shit keeps happening to her. And it ends with her bike losing brakes essentially and flipping over a train rail and her essentially flying through the air and then getting hit by a train hard, like dead. Oh yeah. No, there's no walking away from that. (laughs) yeah mid-air body slam from hell and she reverts back three minutes and instead of her crashing into the train or the train crashing her she crashes into a lady that she had previously just missed by a fraction of a second and she's super confused and she goes to her aunt who uh she lovingly refers to as aunt witchy at least in the american version and the aunt's the aunt's role becomes a little bit pivotal um, in the sense of she is an art restorer and she's working on a painting. Yeah. That takes a while, but that, that, and the painting that she's actually restoring, you find out is like the main reason why Chiaki is actually there. Now to echo what you said, her aunt, I mean, at first it makes it seem like, or sound like, she's actually meant to be really important. Like she's a real pivotal character and they don't play to it at, the, at all. It, it, it flounders. It's, it's kind of depressing. It's like they built her up. It's like, she's a witch. And then it's just like every conversation you have with her, you just learn that she is really not important. And, and there was this like 
kind of a lackluster feeling that she should have been important. Like there, there was supposed to be something more to her. Given the dialogue and that's really all she's there for the dialogue and and to bounce ideas off of, and just to be a soundboard as if the audience needs the extra explanation. This is where you would get it from, but it feels extremely forced. And it's kind of funny because the aunt actually names it time jumping and Uh, time leaping. I think that's what she actually uh, chooses, but, and that's the, that's the real, that's what they call it. Every character that refers to what she's doing, they call it time leaping. And you're led to believe that the aunt has had her experience doing this um, on a more personal level with an old, with an old classmate that's never fleshed out. Right. And, and it really gives that kind of feeling, but they only really, like the only ones that really refer to it as time leaping are the two of them. And no one else does until the very end when, when Chiaki calls her and says, Hey, this is going to be a really whack question, but are you time leaping? And then she time leaps to avoid the question. Her last time (laughs) leap that she could do is she time leaps to avoid the question. Also kind of an important key that we, we skipped. She's got a number on her arm where that acorn touched her or where, where that, is it an acorn? What I don't know. It? It's it looks like a looks like a walnut to me, but okay, whatever. Walnut. It doesn't matter. A shell, and it. Uh, and you're right. It made an imprint on her arm of numbers, not traditional numbers. They were kind of like digital in a weird kind of sense. And every time she time leap, it would decrease by one. And she s- uses it for selfish reasons. Oh, I had a really bad day. I'm gonna time leap. Back. I want to get my uh, yogurt. Boom. I want to do this. Boom. I want to, I don't want to have a really crappy day. And she does. And then you start learning her, her aunt says, you know, well, for you having all this great fortune and everything like that, someone else has got to be having, having a real bad effect. And it really, and, and this is one of the things that I really like about it. Aside from the time scale time space continuum debacle that that this whole thing tries to open up for, for a movie um, is that one of the guys, one of the people that she trades places with for him, it just continually. Yeah. It just avalanches all the way down. And because she did so great on a test the second time around, because she time leapt back to the beginning of the day, that horrible day and everything was going great. Well, it, it just echoed. So what she did affected not just her, but someone else got affected negatively. Someone who was going to confess to uh, her best friend or one of her best friends, Kasuke, um, he ends up turning someone down because he's like, I can't believe Makoto did better than me on a test. So I obviously have, yeah, she's a psyker. So if she did better than me, I'm doing something wrong and I need to hit the books harder. So he ends up not going out with someone because of this. And Uh, yeah, it's, it it just, and it's not just like that one day when something happens, it's throughout the whole week. So it's like this one thing happens and another thing happens and another thing happens. and, And when she goes to jump and make a change to something that she doesn't want to have happen, someone else ends up getting affected. It's kind of like the butterfly effect, but it's it's super weird because nothing happens until the witchy aunt says, hey, you know, your good fortune 
is probably replacing somebody's good fortune with bad fortune. Like you're trading places with that. And like you don't see anything happening until it's mentioned. I think that's really lazy writing, but I mean, it could also be that you're seeing the movie from her perspective, uh, Makuto's perspective, and you're like, she's not noticing it until it's mentioned. And I was actually watching it with someone and we kind of made a joke that she gets a, a set amount of do-overs that she just keeps making the wrong mistakes for the wrong yeah. answers, you know? I, I would actually agree with that. She, uh, most definitely, it's just, it's like, you know, you have this, uh, item. It gives you the chance to do second chances when you really need it. And she just blows it. It's like, I want to eat my yogurt and blows like two right on that. Well, I, I don't want this for dinner. I want something else for dinner. Blows one on that. I just want to sit there and sing karaoke for hours on end. Blows several on that. Yeah. Today will never end because I can do this forever. Oh, wait. No, I can't. Yeah. And then she, when she sees the number on her arm for the first time, she reads it as 90, which is kind of you know a little bit odd because when you later find out it's upside down, you're like, oh, wait, no. <laughs> well, you have considerably less. Yeah. And, and I knew that she was wrong because of the line. That line should have been an indicator that that's not the top. That's the bottom. Whoopsie. Indeed. And it changes. Yeah. It changes so fast. It does. But, uh, yeah, no, I mean, all around, I think, I mean, it is what it is. She's, she's an immature high schooler. Yeah. And, and it really shows in everything that she does. And she time leaps a lot just to avoid conflict or a situation that just makes her feel uncomfortable instead of her being open and honest and actually talking about it. She's wasting it. For instance, she avoids being asked out like six or seven times before she successfully does it only to be pissed or feel bad that the dude who was going to ask her out asks her friend out instead or, or, or gets asked out and he's like, Oh, someone likes me. Okay, cool. It's unique to say the thing at least. And you know, what's interesting is so like she time leaps like several times. Right. And you were making the point that she time leaped like four or five times, uh, before we talked. And so it went from, uh, from her, her view of, of 90 to 50. Right. But yeah, but it was like six to five. Well, the answer to that is, is at the end because she time leapt her last time leap. And then she saw her friend on her bike, Kareen, uh, going down the hill, on her bike and she's yelling, no, please, you know, stop trying to beg him to stop. And the brakes on the bike are gone. And she knew that they were going to be broken because of the very beginning, that's what ended up happening. And what ends up happening is, uh, Chiaki time leapt back several minutes before long before she used her last one to take the bike, which used his last one, but it gave her her last one. Back. So is it possible she kept leaping back minutes before she used the next one? So she actually had way more than she should have? That is or does it only does it only work when somebody else leaps instead of her? I'm pretty sure when it's someone else leaps instead of her. Gotcha, which is why she was able to get his back. Yes. 
Okay. So it's still crazy to think that the way that they structure this anime is every future you see or everything that actually happens actually did happen, but they're using a different timeline where you avoid that, that particular situation. Yeah. Think about all the different timelines that just got royally messed up because of her. Well, what's interesting is she actually remembers the time, uh, the time leap, the last one. And and what's interesting is for Chiaki, he also was able to stop time completely when he time leapt to change how everything is. That's super weird. He was able to like live in a moment, but who knows? Because he was more familiar with the technology, maybe he was able to manipulate it in a different fashion. That is true, um, which brings me to the final point, uh, why Chiaki was a kind of a pivotal or, or center point character, why he was unique in how he looks. It's because he's actually from the future, and he says he only came back to see this one painting that Makoto's aunt was actually restoring, and you then realize, oh yeah, every time she's at her aunt's a place of work where she's restoring the painting. You always see him in the background and and you know, it's him because of the hair looking at where the painting is going to go. And that's the only reason why he actually came back is to look at this one art or piece and that's it. But then he like decided to stick around because he got caught up in the moment and was having fun. And, And then he goes and then it ends with him going back to the future with her saying, I will be sure to keep the painting around so that way you can watch it. And then he also says, you know, I'll be looking for you in the future type of thing. Like it it makes you wonder if it's uh, if she's the one that creates the technology or, or something like that, because you're like, he presumably is from a distant future with a population that is much much lower than the current one because he does remark that he's never seen so many people and he's never seen water run or the sky or and's never ridden a bike or anything else makes you look at it like apocalyptic yeah or or is he on from another planet coming back to earth to check it out you know, because that's also a possibility. That's I feel like it's a bit far fetched. I think you know what we're talking we, about time oh, travel here. All right, true, this whole check, concept check. is far fetched. Living in a I moment agree. with an but, with a walnut sized time traveling device that allows you to literally, literally leap through time. Redo shit. No, I, I get that, but I think in this they did a really good job because the painting is very important and you actually get to see the painting they're talking about. I really don't, you know, see what they're trying to imply, but the painting is supposed to, when you look at the longer you look at it, the more soothing your soul is supposed to be. And then you find out later that it was actually done in a time of depression and a time of recession and a time of just extreme poverty. And when you look at it like that, you got to think whoever did this, did this at at personal sacrifice, because you got to think if it was an impoverished time, the colors were not only hard to come by, they were extremely expensive or difficult to make. Take the time and the energy and the resources to make this serenity in 
in times of trouble and in times of turbulence and in, in just times of just extreme, I guess, depression would be a good way to put it. This painting is supposed to transcend all of the negativity in the world for the hope of prosperity. And that's why I said him coming back, he was like, he's looking for this one thing. There's no historical record previous to them finding it in the 1980s or something like that. And it's lost before he, uh, before his time, before his time. So he was coming back for this to give him hope or that's how, that's my takeaway from it. I, I still feel like it's a waste of time and resources personally, but that's just me. Yeah, the painting wasn't even that good. No, it really wasn't. It was like, you could kind of see a face in it with like four, four orbs that look kind of like earth a little bit. And then clouds around it and peacefulness and stuff like that. Now I was hoping they would use that as a, Hey, I'm going to preserve this, but I'm going to send a little message along with it. Like, Hey, I still miss it. Or, you know, something like sending it to the future. Cause her last promise was, I'm going to make sure you have this painting in your time. My life's work is now going to be the preservation of this one piece of art. It'd be awesome if they did like a post credit scene where you see her being a wealthy woman of, of much older age and like writing stuff or like putting, putting love and attention and, and everything into this painting. Just, try and do something into it, but they don't unfortunately. And they leave it completely open-ended with like a, Hey, this may happen. We kind of dipped our toes in telling you what the future is going to be like. Kind of, sort of, maybe sort of. But then again, that goes through the whole, you know, if you're going to go back home, come back, you've got the technology. (laughs) We can build it better, stronger, more. Yeah. I was totally expecting about three quarters of the way through to be, to, to have this be one of those, you know, I am my own grandfather moments. You know, I was, I was fully expecting man from the future. Well, no, think about it. man from the future comes back and Dude, we're, falls we're in love talking, with the woman of the past. We're not talking about Futurama here. All right. No, very true. Very true. But that's kind of how they were leading this on. He's like, you know, I, sh- I showed up for this one painting, but I stayed because you guys are awesome. And eventually he's like, I kind of want to date you. I like you a lot. And I, I, I want to take my time and just, you're awesome. And I, I just like your presence. I mean, why else would a man from the future come back and say stuff like that? If not to one day, you know, help the world populate itself or I, I don't know something. It doesn't necessarily have to go that far, but I mean, make your, he's making a mark in history as the first purple haired freak. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, um, if only, but I don't know. It it just it, the ending left it really last luck or lackluster for me. I I just I just wish it, it gave more. And I think that pretty much uh, wraps up what we have to really say about it. I mean, if we continue on, it's basically going to be us beating a dead horse. Uh, so I. Oh. Or, or us planning out part two that'll never happen. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no kidding. Uh, um, yeah, one of the reasons well, why, uh, also, just, just to clarify real quick, is the reason why I said he's from another planet is because 
you know, you can already get your tickets reserved to go to Mars and the moon. That is true. That is true. So, it's a one-way ticket, but yeah. No, no, it's round trip. Reusable rockets and everything. I thought you could get there, but you couldn't get back. Why would you not be able to get back? Supplies. And like they wouldn't have enough. Well, right now, I mean, like you're, you're paying multi-millions of dollars to do it. I'm pretty sure you're going to have enough. Yeah, maybe it's 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 not for us plebeians sir it's it's not for us common folk okay i I don't make enough or uh (laughs) i don't don't make enough enough. to even take a a screenshot of the freaking rocket all right (laughs) you'll be copyrighted so hard Uh, Uh, (laughs) uh, so all right so what kind of uh what what's your overall score do you think uh i give this one a three on a scale of zero to five I give it three. So pretty mean middle of the road, middle of the road, mainly because of the lackluster ending for me, the shoddy animation and, and it just felt like it was sloppy writing. Like it was very lazy writing. It could have yeah. been so much better, but I can appreciate it for what it was. I'm, I'm going to have to be a little harsher. I'm going to give it a 2.5. Okay. The animation could have been a lot better. My expectation walking in once I saw how how poor the animation was, I was kind of expecting the story to to be that much better. Like, you know, there are certain shows you watch and it stands on its animation quality alone. And there are other shows you watch where it stands on just plot by itself. You you could hear you could basically close your eyes and listen to it as an audiobook and it would still be great. But this one didn't really have either. Um, what really hurt its score for me is the fact that the ending, it wasn't even that it was left open because it it was just left wanting. Yeah. You know, they didn't even give a hint that there'd be more to it. Oh, well, of course they wouldn't. I mean, they, in all honesty, it was based off a book. So I would assume that the book also left you with that same feeling. Well, in that case, they did a really good job. If that's the case. Yeah. I've read books that leave you empty inside where you're like, well, now what this gave me a very, very clear. Well, now what feeling? Yeah. Well, what is your choice for next week, sir? Uh, My choice for next week is Akira. All right. Another movie. And it's a good movie, too. And it is a classic at that. Yep. It is what many, many people consider to be the turning point or or a revolutionary movement in Japanese animation. So I feel we're we're going from this to what it should, what it could have been. (laughs) Indeed, (sighs) sir. Indeed. Uh, Akira is a film that originally came out in 1988 and it follows the genres of fiction, comics, sci-fi, uh, sequential art and graphic novel for the, for the genres along with action and a little bit of adventure thrown in there and horror and military and supernatural and sending. Now I would preface this. If any of our viewers want to watch it, it does contain some extreme gore and some nudity. Yes. So watch, is, be, watch or beware. It is definitely mature. It is definitely, uh, definitely rated for adults. Uh, 
So if you do decide to watch it, keep that in mind. They don't skimp on the gore, the the blood, the guts, the nudity, or or anything else having to really do with it. In fact, I believe there's even a couple scenes where there's attempted rape in it. So if that's something that easily offends you or or if it makes you uncomfortable, just keep that in mind. But other than that, I'm expecting very high marks for this anime. All right. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Uh, if you have uh, seen The Girl Who Leapt Through Time, Akira, or any of the other animes, please feel free to reach out to us. You can reach us at featuredanimepodcast at gmail.com, or you can tweet at us at those anime guys. Or, you know, just we have a voicemail link in the show notes. You know, go ahead and leave us a voicemail and we'd be happy to listen to it. And uh, don't forget to subscribe or leave us a rating on any of your favorite podcast catchers. Until next time, I'm Jack. And I'm Rick. Later. Later. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.